Hi, everyone. This is Charting Queer Health, a podcast at the intersection of queer culture, healthcare, and research. On behalf of Howard Brown Health in Chicago, as always, I'm your host, Matt Lesky. I am a cis white gay man, a Chicago resident, but most importantly, I have the incredible opportunity to sit down with various experts from across our organization and across our community to learn from their expertise, amplify their stories and voices, and advance the conversation surrounding queer healthcare. Joining us today is Karma Munoz. Karma, thank you for coming. Um, just to start, would you mind introducing uh, yourself, your role here at Howard Brown, and your pronouns? Hey, I'm Karma Muniz, as stated. Uh, my pronouns are Karma or anything we respect. Uh, I am the outreach manager here at Howard Brown Health Center. Perfect. Um, and while I'm sure uh, what you do in your day-to-day position is um, it, worth a podcast in and of itself, uh, brought you here today to talk a little bit about um, ballroom. So... And uh, dancing, I watched Dancing with the Stars last night, so I have to clarify, this is not Dancing with the Stars Ballroom. This is, right. uh, before we get into your personal experience with it and all like the finer points, um, give us a Reader's Digest definition. What is ballroom or ball culture? Um, ballroom or ball culture is just an, an environment where people um, will come together and um, enjoy themselves. Uh, we have categories um, that are for money, we have categories that are for trophies, and these are moments where people can just feel more empowered with themselves, um, can feel wanted, can feel in, in included in what is going on, if that makes sense. It's just a, a world created for us, by us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, I find that with a lot of, um, you know, th- throughout the queer community when we talk about different things, um, a world created by us, for us, nothing else works for us. So we, we make our own environments where we feel welcome and, exactly. and ball culture is one of those. So when you say gatherings, these are held where? Um, predominantly they're held in large spaces where we, where if they're a major ball, we have major balls, we have mini balls, we have kiki balls. Uh, major balls will be held in large spaces. It's literally all around the United States. Okay. Um, but here specifically in Chicago, most of our balls are, um, In the Grand Ballroom, which is on the southeast side of Chicago, we have some spaces up north right off of Belmont in between um, Halston and Racine. Um, It's like a venue space there. Um, These are places where we really just normally be in Chicago. Yeah. But we travel as well to different city states. Yeah, so they're just different gatherings wherever as size dictates. Exactly. Or just... would you equate it with like a nightclub scene or is it, would you, would it be separate even from that? I think it would be separate from that. Okay. Um, how I look at it is, you know, the LGBT, we have our, we have the big umbrella and then we have sub, sub umbrellas. Yeah. Um, the night scene uh, for like clubbing, you may come across some of the same people, but I do not think that those worlds collide because you have people that don't know about ballroom, people that don't even like ballroom um, that are in club scenes. Um, so I would think that no, it wouldn't be the same right. thing. Okay. Yeah. I'm just try- trying to get a frame because for people that may not even be involved in, in queer culture and queer nightlife, they might, I just want to make sure that they're not equating this to something that oh, it's no. not. It's, it's not, it's not the same. Right. It's not a club. It's, you know, there's not drinking. There is, I mean, maybe there is drinking and dancing, right. but it doesn't look and doesn't function similar right. to It's a more club. so like a talent show with a little bit of fashion show involved. I love that. Um, something more organized yeah. rather than just everybody partying, everybody right. dancing. Okay. So, so my next question, who organizes these? Is there like a committee? Is there, 
you know, pillars in the community that kind of everybody looks to to put these on? Can anybody throw a ball? Like how? Yes, anybody can throw a ball. Okay. Um, However, when it comes to throwing the ball, we look for people who are solidified, um, people who have the credentials to be trusted to do these balls because like I said they're for money uh, sometimes they charge to get in and all of this so we definitely want to make sure that the person that's organizing the ball has the right amount of credits you know to even throw this ball right. but anybody can throw a ball honestly um, if, if, if it's someone that does not have the proper criteria or the background they would then collab with someone who does Okay, so it's it's like any other queer event where um, you realize like straight people or people maybe not with the best intentions might seek to capitalize off it. So we exactly. want to make sure, you know, as as things happen that it's being thrown for the right reasons and by the right people with the best right. intentions. So that makes sense. So how did you get started in the ballroom scene? What led you to this? Why are you interested in it? What do you do in it? Okay, so for me, I got started in the ballroom scene. Like I said, with LGBT having different um, subcultures, I would say. Um, I was in the family scene to start off with. The family scene was just a scene created for people to, um, if, they're, if they felt some type of neglect from their uh, given family, they would be able to go and create a chosen family. Um, and just, you know, the same way you would do with your given family, you would do with your chosen family. You have yeah. a mother, a father, sisters, brothers, and everything. Um I was in that scene, not that I felt any neglect from my family. I just went to the scene. Um, and then um, some. I had friends that knew how to Vogue. I always wanted to learn how to Vogue, and I never could do it. So I had a, uh, a gentleman by the name of Contrell, Miss Rahi at the time, who reached out to me um, and said that I looked fish. I don't know if people know what fish is, but looking fish means that uh, you can pass as uh, a cisgendered woman type of you know persona. Yeah. Um, this is before dragging anything, so I didn't I didn't understand it. But he then um, told me that. So me and my best friends were getting in drag now. So you know everybody said I like my mom, so I started getting in drag. Once I got in drag, I started walking realness um, to compete mm -hmm. with me looking like a real woman. Realness is just a category that if you're walking down the street, you wouldn't be able to tell that right. you know who I am and what I what I am. Um, from that point. Uh, it was a moment where I wanted to be in, in the house of Ms. Rahi. And I wanted to actually Vogue, though. Because really, it starts to get boring. And one of the gentlemen just said, um, the only way you can get in this house is if you only walk realness. We do not want you to Vogue. Hmm. So that kind of pushed me. Um, literally, the next night, uh, I walked a ball and won. And I Vogued because I wanted to. Yeah. So they had a meeting again. And I basically snapped in his face like, <laughs> you said no, and right. this is what happened. And I ended up getting into ballroom and joining the house of Ms. Rahi from that point on. And now, uh, years later, I'm a legend in the ballroom scene um, for putting in the work uh, for my category, which is drag's performance, butch cleaned up in drag performance, meaning that I turn into a, a, a woman by night <laughs> and uh, I vogue and I compete with other drag with other drag performers okay so you said a lot of stuff and I'm gonna unpack we I had a section like later on in the episode of like terms but you your story like introduces these in an organic way so okay. I go through them so to recap for my own memory families is like we would think in you know your you know, blood family, you know, you, you can have mothers, brothers, yes. sisters. Um, but a lot of times they're chosen, 
exactly. and created for whatever reason because you vibe with those people or you know right. you had bad experiences with your original family, whatever. So they're just groups of like-minded people, right? Um, referred to as house of are families and houses the same thing? Families and houses are not the same thing. Okay. Um, families will be like, like say my last name is Muniz, mm-hmm. um, the 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 Muniz family. Okay. It's just like literally a real, like, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah. a normal family. Uh, ballroom house of Gucci. I'm a, I'm the mother of Gucci, so house of Gucci. Okay, um, that's ballroom. Okay, so yeah, so a uh, 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 family might share a, a last name, but not necessarily like compete in the same right. category. No, but a house would you know, compete in a category right. and, and have a unified, like, aesthetic or... Okay, Correct. okay. I'm getting there. My mind around <laughs> it. So we've got house, we've got families. Um, one thing that might strike people if they are not aware of Ballroom News is that you're a legend. Yes. Um, within which um, isn't you, like, tooting your own horn or, like, being... Super, superfluous like a legend is an actual title within yes, the ball it's an actual title what dive into like the different titles because um, i feel like people might there's know. um stars stars is people who are like uh beginners mm-hmm. uh statements statements is like intermediate um going into um up and coming legend um legend is someone who's been involved for within seven to ten years and has won multiple categories, has judged balls, someone who has had balls, someone who has became a mother or a father of a house. So it's a lot of credentials that would add up into becoming a legend. Then you have an icon. Icon is just um, when you decide to give back to the community and you sit back and you bring in talent. Icon is not really about winning categories anymore. It's about doing stuff for the community at this point. Because you've done everything that you could do, so now it's just time to honestly just give back. Um, then you have other things that are like Hall of Famer. These are just awards that's you know just giving out um, statement stars, legends, and icons are the titles. Okay, yeah. Um, as a casual drag race viewer, um, a certain like catchphrases like stars, statements, legends coming back to me. So I'm, it's good to know where all of those it things right, yeah. originate. Um, and yeah, shame on me for not knowing originally but that's what we're here for is for uh, me to learn and everybody to learn along with me um you also said uh fish which you did clarify is um serving or wearing a look that would be passable as a cisgender woman exactly um and so in my mind i if you're like walking fish i liken that to like maybe a traditional beauty pageant where you're just walking you're presenting a look and an aesthetic and yes, just being like judged. that's fish yeah. like that's really cute you know yeah. you're judged on appearance exactly straight up okay um, and so if you're voguing, that's more of a dance skill that right. you're exhibiting. Exactly. So voguing, obviously, people probably know the Madonna song, but there's what goes into voguing and ballroom performance in that arena as opposed to just straight walking. Okay. Yeah. What, what is what is more of the details of voguing? So to get into more detail with voguing, voguing is derived from five elements, which is hands, um, okay. Catwalk, spins and dips, floor performance, uh, and duck walk. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, those five elements create performance, but you would have to, you know, have some type of cu- creative character about yourself to actually be able to perform those five elements and actually tell a story with it. Um, you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. vote dramatic. Some people vote soft and kind. Dramatic is when people literally would jump off the table and dip. Right. 
So I think Khan is someone who's really more po- poised and, mm-hmm. you know, more careful but skilled with their vote. Um, so, yeah, it derived from those five categories. Okay, okay. That makes sense. So, it's yeah, it's stringing all those things together. To create one. Right, to create a, a fluid performance. And, and you have the different elements and the different styles. Um, I... It strikes me that, and I've had this conversation related to different topics um, on the the podcast before, but so much of popular culture is influenced by queer culture, especially the ballroom scene Mm -hmm. uh, and voguing and in categories and everything. Where where do you see these influences in popular culture outside of the ballroom scene where people are now kind of taking what originated in these circles and kind of now it's mainstream and you're like, oh, that started, you know, with us. Are, are there examples of that or is it more just like cis white gays saying like yes and, and you so, know at the club and appropriating so when it comes to like like the cis white gays saying anything saying like the yes and stuff like that yeah. that's okay yeah um because they're 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 they are a part and they can be a part of ballroom culture right um however i would think when it comes to like appropriating or just like trying to uh, gain off of certain situations, I honestly would say like legendary. Mm-hmm. Uh, the TV show legendary. Yeah, yeah. That's one of them. Gotcha. Um, I was gonna say because I, I ask because I feel like this scene is really surging in popularity. Um, Beyonce's new album, I feel like, yes. has a lot of influences in the ballroom scene. Um, like you said, legendary. There's, it, it just seems to be gaining traction in a lot of areas, which is great, but whenever a movement kind of goes through that or, or has a resurgence in popularity, you know, there's people who maybe misinterpret it or, you know, seek to gain from it yes. or, you know, it's it kind of gets twisted in a way. Have you experienced any of that or seen any of that? You get yes. on a local level in the Chicago scene? Yes. Um, we have a ballroom page where we always talk about it. And even with my friends, we have, we have that. When something is popular and something is, like you said, um, rising mainstream people are people obviously want to invest in it and um my it's just like money you know money is the root of all evil to me something can be good in the beginning but it's to me it's always something that you really have to dissect and really understand is this really beneficial to our culture being lgbt whether you're white black Hispanic, any of that, um, you have those people that will take from it and create their own narratives or create their own ideas of it when originally it didn't derive from you. Originally, um, you were not a part of that because, you know, like just saying hetero people, they have their world. So Barwin was created to have for us to have our world. So now the hetero people um, are trying to find some type of way to be included with what's popular be included with what matters which is hence the reason we matter you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i think i think it comes off that and um like i said legendary being one of them not to speak too much about it but legendary also um exploits ballroom in a way that it's my it's not really ballroom it's a it's a game that they play on legendary and it's like a competition that they play and it's not really ballroom yeah i think uh, people have had similar conversations in regards to like drag race where it's like you know yeah great for exposure and whatever but drag isn't 
it's an art and not necessarily hard, like it can't exactly. really be funneled into a competition you know they're they're playing a game on drag race and there's definitely ways to win that game right uh and so it's not necessarily representative of like a true drag culture and then the other uh element of that that you said to draw that parallel again um, of like straight people wanting to be a, a part of it, even though this is created as something separate for us. Um, like you have the conversations surrounding like straight drag queens and things and people wanting to be a part of. And so exactly. it, I don't know that I can put it like a neat bow on it um, and like, you know, a period at the end of the sentence, but it's, yeah, it's an ongoing question of like, Obviously, we want to be welcoming to anybody that like is interested in it, but at the same time, there's this certain, you know, origin story and character and, you know, reason that these groups exist in the first exactly. place that we want to preserve. So boundaries, exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's interesting, and I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit about it. Um, back to because I'm interested within queer communities. Back to like houses um, or or families. We, we said that they you might, like, relate to a house on, like, an aesthetic level. Is there more, like, benefits or resources that you gain from being part of a house or a family that, other than just, like, you know, competing or walking under that title? Like, I'm... Because I think, like, you know, if, if you were, you know, housing insecure and looking for a house, you know, and, and somebody in the drag scene wanted to like I don't know like are there other you know I get what you're saying yeah do you share more stuff with a, a family member or somebody in your house other than just like pure event th related things so when it comes down to families in ballroom houses uh, I think the resources are um, the same yeah. they don't change um, you have people who are community workers that are in houses people that are community workers that are in families that can um, help navigate with, throughout those resources, whether it be family or whether it be ballroom. Um, but I do think that families are more um, in. Not, I, I wouldn't say intense. Families are more um, maybe of an emotional. Yes, like, like you really relational. like you. Re yeah, you really can can sit and have these conversations with just family members, like how we would do with our moms, dads, yeah. cousins, and things like that. At a ball at a ball or with ballroom, it's too busy. You know, you have people like thousands of people walking around and having fun and everything. So you wouldn't have that moment where somebody would want to come up to you and ask you to help them. Hey Carmen, can you help me with finding housing and all that? Right. Or like and how, me, how are you doing? Yes. Yeah. So me tapping into ball and like I said, I'm a mother. At the ball I'm not going to neglect what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, but honestly, I'm not going to really like register it until probably I get home in my bed and be like, "Hey, Matt just reached out. Matt did Matt just asked me to help them with yeah. housing." Yeah. Then I'm thinking about it. As right. opposed to if we're in my house regularly having a dinner and you karma, you know, you can come to yeah. karma I need it. I can literally immediately help you. Gotcha. So it's more of like the family members do make those connections, but maybe not necessarily at a ball because right. obviously you're busy it's like exactly. trying to talk to somebody it's at really a club and you're not going to yell over top of you know the dj or whoever's emceeing right what, by the way what is the term for that because the music that people vogue to uh is unique to the ballroom scene mm -hmm. can you describe a little bit about what it might sound like to people who are unaware because i know it's usually just a beat but then you have uh somebody is it the proper term like a, a commentator commentator that's what i was yes. looking for okay so commentator is kind of not narrating, but like yelling stuff over top of the beat. Yes, okay. the commentator is like, how can I explain it? I explain it like 
gay language yeah. that is being produced as a rap, if, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, they say things like... Um, you can say them, because I, I know what, what it sounds like, but I'm trying to give... Maybe I'll um, I'll find some audio and drop it in here in yeah, post-production it's, it's to give really, people... Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, yeah. just sound, it's just sound effects that you do with your mouth or that you do... Um, to make a person feel it. And that's why I said tell a story because commentating can also come from like telling a story um, and, and doing those things. But yes, the commentator and the Vogue beats collab yes. together to create the best sound ever. Yeah, it, it strikes me that seems like it might be a difficult job or like something that you need a unique skill set for. Yeah, that's why I was like, wait, I, I want to do it because I know, I know how to do it, obviously, because I've been in it. Yeah. But it's like, you really would have to know like... That plays a major part in ballroom. The commentators are really important yeah. in ballroom. Yeah. So you have to have the skill. You literally have to have the skill. You have to surpass certain levels to be able to say that you're skillful in that in that uh, arena. Right. Because you have to know, you know, what kind of performance the people are serving. If it's good or bad, your commentating might reflect that. Exactly. And the moves they're doing, what they're serving. It all plays a part. You gotta keep the beat, you gotta keep the energy up and the crowd going, and so, yeah, I I love, I, uh, ball uh, videos come across my TikTok all the time and I love <laughs> watching them, so I, I have a little bit of a feel for it, but I'll, um, I'll find some audio for people to listen to here. So that was a sample of of some um, voguing music. So in case you couldn't couldn't get it from our wonderful explanation, <laughs> um, I dropped a little little bit in there. So speaking more locally, um, I know Chicago has a ball scene, mm-hmm. uh, and you said you are House of Gucci. Yes. Um, what other notable houses are in the area? Um, there's House of Gorgeous Gucci, House of Mugler, House of Ebony, House of Chanel, House of Prodigy, House of Khan. House of uh, Mizrahi, House of Alpha Omega, the Montclairs. Um, it just keeps coming. La Vin, Balenciaga. It just continues. Yeah, I, I um, watched get the new Game of Thrones series last night, and they always talk about houses on there. So now my like brain's like competing this with Game of yes, Thrones, which is it's not so the same. Uh, but so th- so there's tons of different houses. Um, w- I don't know if this is something that you necessarily have expertise in. When did the ballroom scene like come about? Because this isn't a new thing, right? No, it's it's not. been around since it's been around for a while. I can't give you the exact <laughs> time and dates, but it's been around for a long time. If if I can recall seventies. I was just yeah. just out just just put it out there. I know for a fact the eighties, okay. definitely. But um to go further, um have been watched Paris is burning? No, I in my job I really should have. Yeah, um, I would say so. Paris is Burning would give you a bigger and better insight okay. on past ballroom. Okay. Um, so yeah, Paris is Burning is actually a good, a good. I've I've heard it's a, a prerequisite for you know just gay culture in general. Yes. So I probably <laughs> I, I need to sit down and watch it. Um, it's. Um, I've had this again had this conversation related to other like queer culture movements, but so much of um, 
blacker um, BIPOC individuals' contributions to queer culture movements get overshadowed a little bit. Um, and I talked about it with Chloe Clay talking about drag, how um, f- for a while there, you know, black queens weren't getting the recognition they deserve. And, and um, I just wonder, is that something that you see in the ballroom scene at all? I know ballroom really owes its roots to, um, you know, black people essentially mm-hmm. is has there been anything within the community where you've had to, you know, I'm sure I'm going to have to edit out how I'm phrasing this because I really want to make sure I word this right. But, um, a lot of times, like I said, in drag, like white Queens can do less and get more. Is that something that you ever see in the ballroom scene? Honestly, it would be reversed in a sense. Um, but, we do gag on times where we do have people who aren't black or colored that can literally stand next to the best um, and compete yeah. as the best. Um, we have a lot of uh, um, white people that walk runway, they're fab. Mm-hmm. Um, walk face, they're fab. Um, walk like body categories and they're fab. Mm-hmm. And then most of the white people that walk performance are really soft and cunt. Most of them. And they're fab. Yeah. So you do see it. But like I said, it's like a gag factor. Like, like, dang, how did you know how to do this? You uh, know? Yeah. Like, who taught you that? Right. Yeah. Like, who taught you how to really do this? And like, we never see them coming to like the, the bowl class or anything. Right. It's just like a person who really wants to do something, really want to learn how to do something. They're going to put their all into they it. And it, sh- it and they figured it out. And right. it shows. Yeah. So it's an equal balance. Okay. Whether you're white. Like I said, it's. Ballroom is really, it's really it's really just open, but yeah. like I also you do gag just to be honest and transparent. You would like gag to see a person who you probably wouldn't expect to know how to do it to the best of their ability, and they come out and like really just fuck Turn it up, yeah. and you like oh okay, I, she gets my vote. You know, okay. like that's how it goes. Okay, yeah, it's it's so it's kind of like you know if you're black in the scene, you might have the resources or the knowledge more readily available to you to learn how to do exactly. something if you want to. You, you'll have a friend and you know somebody that's in it. Versus if you're white, it's probably you're gonna you have to really work have, harder. Yeah, you have to put more into right. it to learn like where we be, how how we're doing it, what to actually look up. Right, and um and you might have a, a close friend that you know do it, but it. You, you would probably have to put a little bit more into it. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I just, I'm always interested in how those dynamics um, shake out. So, um, I know the the ballroom scene has been around for a while, and um, obviously people kind of talk about queer cultural movements always in relation to the HIV AIDS epidemic. Again, this might be something that, you know, neither of us have experience with given our ages, but... Um, do you know either anecdotally from people that you've talked to or, you know, I, I guess possibly from personal experience, how the HIV AIDS epidemic impacted the ballroom scene or what the ballroom scene did in response to it? Because it strikes me that you talk about families and it's so like a personal thing. I'm sure like any other community, this impacted it and the ballroom scene had to respond. Right. Right. Um, the impact back then when the epidemic was like really going through um it, they were very they were impacted mm-hmm. drastically um now with with that we um offer these resources at every ball most balls you walk into you will have tabling you will have um organizations there in the hallways talking to people and you know trying to help them 
like Howard Brown. Yes, like Howard Brown. Howard Brown is mostly at almost every ball. Mm-hmm. Um, to just be there, to be present. I think just being present is enough. Um, we have conversations. We have ballroom meetings where it's just we just talk. No mm-hmm. ballroom activities. Just having these conversations to be with, to see. I'm sorry, where people are mentally, how how, how they're feeling uh, emotionally. Like um, try to help them um, with sort with certain resources to um, prevent them from going down the wrong. I mean, going down the path of you know contracting any HIV mm-hmm. or STIs because we have young people in ballroom too. Yeah. And um, now knowing that it's not a death sentence and, you know, trying to break the stigma of HIV and how people look at HIV, um, that's where we have these uh, classes and these conversations just to be aware of what's going on and try to bring it down as much as possible with testing and um, whatever else needed is there. Literally. Yeah. I, uh- Nice little plug for outreach there, because, yeah, we, Howard Brown, I think, does a great job of being at these relevant cultural scenes, whether it's a ball or a bathhouse or, you know, a street fair or whatever it is, um, we try to to be out and meet a community's needs, so that's good to hear. Um, And it's, yeah, it's interesting to me that this community also functions, uh, you know, there's a set of shared interests and you know, morals and passions beyond just obviously the ball itself and the performance factor. Um, it seems like everybody really works to uh, works to work together and create a space where you know you're you're helping to push each other forward, uh, whatever that might look like, and to you know be there for each other and really create a community where everybody has each other's backs, more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, is there? This is also kind of a tangent. Is there like rivalries or like feuds or like drama? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it definitely is. Like I said, it's a it's a world created by us by us. Yeah, literally, it's no different than just walking outside regularly. Right. Um, we create ballroom rivalries. Whereas if I feel like I'm that bitch, it's another girl in another house who feels like she's that bitch and we walk the same category. So therefore, if she's getting too much life, I'm I have to storm her. Storming her means like um when she gets her recognition for LSS and they call her out, I'm gonna walk out there and inter- like like an interception. Like, no boom. Yeah. It's not it's about me now. Literally like, steal the spotlight. Steal the spotlight. That's yeah. basically what they're trying to do. So yes, we create like ballroom rivalries. But outside of the ballroom rivalries, we're really like close friends. Like yeah. it's, it's just for ballroom. It's the the fun like it's just, yeah. It's just fun. It. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it's really it's just fun. You you are um, supporting your house. I'm trying to make your house the best house. So at the ball, doing the ball, you're not my friend. Right. We're we are rivalries, and may the best girl win. I see. Okay. I love that dynamic of like here in this moment we can put whatever like relationship we have aside we're both here to win yes. and then you know as soon as it ends it's like oh yeah yeah like it's it'd be for thousands of dollars like if me and you walk the same category and it's for like three thousand dollars i'm sorry man i have to do what yeah. i have to- <laughs> yeah i have to do what i have to do because and no, nobody would blame me for that no, that's money like, like it's, it's either me or you and yeah. then being friends afterwards nine times out of ten mostly they would they would share it yeah like after the ball, That's it cute. would it would be known that 
either like okay if you won it would be known that Matt won mm-hmm. but at the end of the ball Matt and Karma actually split the money oh. but nobody really knew that You're right but you had the win under you but we both split the money mm-hmm. because we're still friends at and, the end of the and day and you recognize yes. the, the talent of the other person yes so when I see because most of the ball videos that I see online are like people voguing one on one is that when somebody's storming someone? Because you you talk about like walking in a category. Mm-hmm. So is the category just like two people at a time? And then like where does that one on one like battle? So come there's in? different segments. The first okay. beginning is LSS. That's where you just get recognition. What does LSS stand for? LSS is Legends, Statements, and Stars. Oh right, right, right. Okay. So it's just letting. You, it's just like roll call. Mm-hmm. Um, like doing attendance in school. Yep. That's where you just Everybody come and walks. do a little, a little light, mm-hmm. a little light. Whatever you walk, you just do it just a little bit to let people know that I'm here. Um, then when you actually get to walk your category, um, you would get your tens. Tens is one one at a time, too. Okay. Um, and you would showcase whatever talents you have. You would do that. And then if you get your tens, you make it to the battle zone. Battle zone is two people, or it could be three people, depending on how much time they have. Mm-hmm. They have something called three blind mice, where three people would just battle it out and made the best one win off that, too. But normally, it's two at a time. Okay. So, so the... The battle zone is what I'm probably seeing on TikTok where it's, you know. Where you see people battling, like it's more right. than one person. Right. They're, they're nine times out of ten battling. Like there was that one, there's this one clip that I have come across multiple times that I love. Uh, one person throws like a cape over somebody's head and the other girl like turns around and snatches it and pulls and her pull back. It back. It was, I, <laughs> it was, yeah. I'm, I have a lot of more research to do after this episode because now I think I'm, uh, Wanting to to learn more, um, I'm gonna skip this question. I think because I was gonna ask about like legacy and history within the ballroom scene. But um, we've we've talked a lot about um, we've used a lot of terms, and in all of my episodes, I always like to make sure that we're getting our vocabulary straight. So I have some additional terms that I'm gonna read to you, and I want you to just give me a quick definition so that people know. Okay. So um, and some of these. Uh, to queer people listening might be really obvious, but I do have a lot of people that text me that are straight and not involved in queer scenes at all. And um, they always appreciate when I spell out some of these more obvious ones. Um, So with that in mind, um, what is reading? Reading is going back and forth, talking about the next person. Um, It's like a, a fun argument. Just reading, like literally just going back and forth talking about them okay so i in my mind compared a little bit to like roasting uh, roasting uh, so it's go ahead roasting i heard that in so long play, but yeah, yeah i was just saying like that's a comedy central invention i think yes uh, roasting. but i if i had to guess i feel like it comes from reading which is playful insults you know exactly reading somebody in a mostly affectionate way yes um cool that being said what is shade shade is um like, I wouldn't say mean. Um, it's just like a nonchalant, like, I'm throwing shade. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, not caring. Uh, not seeing. You yeah. know, shade is like dark. I don't see you. I don't really see whatever you're doing. I don't see it. So gotcha. that's shade. Like disengaging or like maybe not paying somebody respect or to like, exactly. you know, I'm going to ignore you a little bit of a diss. Okay. Yes. Um, this is, an, again, another obvious one. Uh, what is a mother in the ballroom scene? A mother in the ballroom scene is someone that um, can nurture and teach and create a legacy for those behind her to come up. And um, she empowers them to, well, they empower them because a mother can be a, um, 
uh, Butch Queen or a Femme Queen or a Butch Queen and Drag. Um, she, they, they empower them to become the best that they can in ballroom. And some people go as far as in real life, too. Okay. Cool. Um, this is something that I still don't know the difference on, and I don't think a lot of people do. Um, what is a dip and what is a death drop and what is the difference? So, they're the same thing. Okay. But people in ballroom, we do not like death drop. Okay. So, it's just, it's just a dip. Okay. Um, and li- it's literally the same thing. But it's we call it a dip. We do not like it being called a death drop. Okay. And, and to be clear, it's um, a, a dance move where, um, if you've ever watched Drag Race, they do it a lot mm-hmm. out there. Yes, if you, they do it If a you lot. haven't been exposed to, like, where it originates in the ballroom scene, it's um, kind of like kicking one leg up and collapsing back on the other one. Yes. So um, one leg is, is, is back. Whichever leg you dip on mm-hmm. would be back. Okay. Whichever leg you don't dip on would be pointed upward. Gotcha. I was um, drunk on a beach the other weekend and I tried it and it is a lot harder than it looks. I will <laughs> say that. There's ways to do it like that you don't have to do it so hard. Um, like I said, me and my sister soft and cunt. What they do on drag race is dramatic. Right. Yeah, soft and cunt. You would actually prepare yourself and lay into it like a fe- like a feather falling to the ground. Gotcha. That's yeah, because that like is she gonna jump from there is dramatic. That's dramatic. And yeah, well, because like soft and cunt. I don't know how you do that because I did it and I almost knocked the wind out of myself. I have a video. I'll show you afterwards. Okay. It's not good, but uh, that just impresses me so much because the amount of control you have to have over your body mm-hmm. to do that to duck walk to do any of those elements yes. honestly is super impressive so if if e- even if you're not gonna be involved in the ballroom scene or anything after this episode do yourself a favor and go look up at least some performance videos because it's worth it the amount of athleticism and talent everybody displays is okay. incredible or most people display I would say right because obviously you'll have some people that they can look me up karma Ms. Rahi or karma gorgeous Gucci I'll put your um uh, links in the description yes. of the episode so you can see mother herself. Um, so we did death and death drop, uh, and we kind of talked about it before. Category: What's mm-hmm. a category? What are examples of categories? Categories are um, like runway, mm-hmm. face, um, sex siren, performance, realness. Those are the main okay. categories, but you do have like other categories that people would normally walk, which is like. Um, uh, bizarre, bizarre, best dressed, things like that. Those are categories. Gotcha. So I, I, I hate to keep filtering through the lens of drag race because I, I know it's like not probably ideal. Uh, but when they do balls on drag race, they always say category is, and that comes from the ballroom yes. scene. Again, just educating people who might be baby gays and not realizing where the language that they see on popular TV comes right. from. So, yeah. um, and then you used it before and I think in context it makes sense. Uh, what is, when you say you gag uh, for something? Like I'm shocked mm-hmm. uh, in awe. Gotcha. And in a good way. In a good way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So when you're gagging for something it's like, oh my gosh, like, that's Like, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like when you, you almost can't speak because you're gagging. You're so excited about mm-hmm. something. Okay. Um, that's like a, are, are there any other terms that I'm missing that you think are key to the ballroom scene vocabulary that people might need to know about? Um, we say like she ate that, mm. meaning like she did really good. Good, yeah. Um, that's one. That's one I feel like has maybe gained a little bit of traction, gone more mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, 
fish. I meant we have, we have, we have talked about yep. fish. Um, I, some people say it's derogatory, like it's it's not a good term, but we we do still say cunt. Mm-hmm. Um, like she's cunty, like yeah. meaning she's so like she's so like I don't want to say she's cunty. She's she's a powerful woman. Yes, she it's is just like serving wow. like a force. She's yes, she's cunt. She's giving it. Yeah, she's giving it. Yes. Yeah. So that that's something, and um, honestly. Anything like that you probably hear to know, those are it. the yeah. ones you already asked about. Those are it. Okay, cool. Because um, I, I, this episode is so exciting to me. If I and I know how it runs at a lot of balls. If I went to a ball, like, am I allowed to or like what would to, I to go in? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, this is it was a dumb question, but um, so you can just like go and why there's not is there like you don't have to buy like tickets or anything. No, you just if go. you hear about it, you go. Okay. Sometimes you pay at the door. Some people do have it where you pay in advance. Yeah. Some people have where it's free. But if you hear about it, you literally just go. Go ahead. Just go. What does one wear to a ball if you're not competing? Now, with that, if it's... Because I I always tell my friends that I invite... I invited some people from Howard Brown, too. Okay. Um, And I don't judge people or nothing like that, but I will never bring a person to a space without giving them full content or full knowledge about it. So if it's a main ball, you don't have to wear a suit, but... You're gonna look good. Look your look look nice. Mm-hmm. Look you know like just look put together. Mini ball. You can wear a jogging suit to a mini ball. <laughs> like it's literally like that. Yeah. But obviously you would definitely still want to look nice wherever you go. But I be wanting to tell some people like some people be like oh do I have to wear like a ballroom gown or something? You don't have to do that. Yeah. No. Like you could literally dress like you going to the bar after five mm-hmm. and hanging out with your friends. That type of looking cute. Gotcha. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. It's because this is. One of those things where, like, it's so interesting and people might hear about it, but, like, might it might seem difficult to, like, kind of dive in or, or actually attend one or learn about right. it. Um, so that being said, like, if somebody did want to go, how do you find out when these are happening? Because, like, what you said, it's kind of, like, we talked about the difference of being, like, uh, a black member of ballroom and, and what you got to work a little bit hard to, like, know where these things are going right. on or who's organizing them. If you, if you don't know and you're completely new, how do you... F- find out whether there are right. Facebook pages or websites or so there are Facebook pages um but these are like Facebook like personal pages I normally post the balls that I'm attending on my pages um uh, especially my IG just for because I have people that be uh wanting to go more so on IG mm-hmm. and you know IG is more of a freelance than Facebook because yeah. Facebook is becoming more m- like monitored by you monetized know. yeah yes. it's a little more like it's you have start, to make start, it an yeah. official event it's starting to get weird on Facebook so yeah um there are you just have it's just like word of mouth you just have to flow and just if you find it you go yeah you start following yes. people who You're are just active following in the scene who go. and you learn from there okay yep. that makes sense yeah because it it does strike me that it's a very like I don't want to say grassroots because I don't know that that term applies, but like organic in the way that these events happen. And so you just got to follow people who are in exactly. scene and, and go from there. Okay. That makes sense. Um, we're approaching our time here, so I won't keep you too much longer. Um, one last question and then I'll, we'll do a, a final thing. Um, what sense of community has ballroom offered you and how important do you think it is for queer people to ha- in general to have something like ballroom not necessarily for everybody to have to be a part of ballroom but to have that sense of like shared interest people that you know like the things you like that kind of thing um for me personally ballroom has offered me the space to be able to be myself the um and when i say be myself it's to ex- to um, showcase all of my talents because I'm just a talented person and it's not me to my own horn, own horn but hoo-hoo. 
<laughs> but I'm very talented, and to have people to actually sit and be able to compete against people who are talented as well, um, it's it's a push. It, it makes you want to become better. Um, Ballroom has also offered me the opportunity to lead people. As I said, I'm a mother, so it gives me the opportunity to help people become greater in life and greater in whatever category or whatever performance that they want to exude. Uh, I'm just I'm just that person who would um, coach you into just being yourself. That's what ballroom is, being yourself. You don't have to hide anything. It's just a release. Literally, it's a release. Yeah. Um, so it offered me just that, like a stress reliever, uh, a moment to just feel free. Like, I'm just the only person in the world right now. Yeah, and everybody deserves that ha- to have everybody. that sense of empowerment and just owning who you are and yes. and just... Yeah, I, I think that's really well said and really powerful. And to, to put a bow on this as to how it relates to Howard Brown, we have a, an event every year for Halloween called Big Orange Ball. Um, so that's, uh, in case you're curious and want to attend, uh, happening October 22nd at Park West here in Chicago. Um, tickets are available online if you Google, and I'll also include the link in the bio. But it's named Big Orange Ball in spirit and in recognition of the ballroom scene and its roots um, in, in queer culture and, and what, you know, ballroom has done for queer people in general i don't know that that will have really anything of the things that we talked about at our big orange ball it's just a donor dinner but um the name comes from a little bit of of what we talked about today so a little bit of a plug for that um but also you know if you're interested in ballroom like i said we'll have links um in the description and everything for people to kind of dive in a little bit um, as well as link to our, our Big Orange Ball event. But um, to round things out, um, I always kind of ask this question of guests, what's our um, moral of the story or take home lesson from this episode today about ballroom? If, people, if you had to have people remember one thing from this episode about what ballroom is or what it means, what would that be? Um, it would be that all are welcome. It would be that um, as stated, you can become a person who is comfortable being their comfortable self. Yeah. Um, no judgment zones uh, other than being judged for your category. But <laughs> in, in some ways, it is a judgment right. zone. Right. It is a judgment zone, but you know. You signed up for that. Yes. Um, yes, it's voluntary. Yeah. But um, yes. Um, and also to like, I, I really appreciate this because it gives people the opportunity to, to get some insight yeah. from somebody who's been in the ballroom. Yeah. Um, and 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 some knowledge to just know that again, everybody is welcome, and I, I think that is what I want to take home to be like all are welcome. Anybody could come because I feel like people have this this uh, narrative that it's only for specific people or for a specific culture or for for a specific background. That's not the case. Yeah. We have a lot of people in ballroom. We have a lot of categories that will include everybody mm-hmm. ballroom is really inclusive as much as it was based on like how we were not included in certain things mm-hmm. ballroom is just so inclusive and and all are welcome and i just want people to take that and and go and go with it come to a ball and enjoy yourself yeah i'm I, I want to. I, I might. Maybe I'll, maybe well, I'll show Well, we're here. I can invite you to a ball. Okay. Perfect. 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 Carmen, um, thank you so much for your, for your time and kind of letting us in on your experience and being patient with uh, my dumb questions and definitions no, and things fine. that might seem obvious, but um, I love to, like, give 
I've, I've called other episodes like one like drag 101 and this is ballroom like 101 about what it is how people get involved yes. you know why it exists everything like that so that being said karma thank you so much no problem thank you for having me and that has been our episode about ballroom thanks so much for listening like we said in the episode uh i have links below to karma's instagram and youtube there's also an app called ballroom culture tv if you're interested that has more resources and i'll also include a link to get tickets to the big orange ball howard brown's annual halloween party and fundraiser so all of those links will be below thank you for listening